1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: You guys think I believe what happened outside. Danny's gone for the rest of the day. I'll be back tomorrow at 6. I don't believe that. Yeah, Danny's left, uh, and I believe that Lyme is at the hospital. That ain't what the big thing is. Lima's is at the hospital because the baby's gonna because. be born. So, that isn't the big thing. I ran into a listener... Downstairs, his name's Dennis. No, with my walking into him, and he was really, really nice. And he says, "I used to call in, I don't call in anymore." Why not? And I was okay. You don't be an ass. I'm I'm telling you the story. So I I my brain immediately thought, "Oh God, did we play the do we play silent game with him or something?" And he got worked into a shoot. What or, was his name again? His name was Dennis. Well, it still is. 69, 69. No, it's not Dennis. 69. 69. The guy's name is Dennis, and he's a delightful individual. And I wish I had more time with him. I had no more time. I had rather, That's why I'm sounding out of breath here. I had to go downstairs and catch up. And honestly, I've never really been fleet of foot. So here we are. And I'm talking to the guy, and I thought for sure, like, oh, God, did we get him with Silent Game and he got worked up or something like that? He said he got so angry after the Browns loss in overtime to Oakland, when they were still in Oakland. When when Hugh was there. When Hugh was there. That was Baker's first start. 2018. Yeah. Was that his first start? His first start. Wow. He came in. No. Yeah. Yeah, he came in against the Jets. Yeah. Went to Oakland, started, and then
3: started against the Ravens.
2: So, in, in 2018, he says, I got so angry, I have never called in since. I go, the... Of all the things that game. And I was like, you gotta call in again. You gotta call in again. But I'm going of all the things that upset people. And I just it hit me because I had this big conversation with Danny about, well, you know, if it doesn't do well with Baker Mayfield, or excuse me, with Deshaun Watson, it's gonna kill the interest in this team. And Danny's like, I don't necessarily think so. And I said, Man, I I gotta tell you, like, there were a lot of people during one and thirty one that kind of they were out. They were out on it. When Baker got here, they got back in, but there were a lot of people, they were, and they were mad after that game. A lot of people were mad. I was not, I wasn't thrilled after that game, but angry enough to say I'm done. Like, my gosh. I said, you gotta call it again. I mean, hell, they're eleven and 6. 216474 to below 92. I just couldn't believe it. Mitch please coming up at 940. So I think a lot of people I want to know, do you trust the Browns? to below ninety two? Because there's a lot of things being said right now that are throwing some people off. I know I told you Charles Robinson. Skip Charles Robinson here for a second. This is Albert Breer Friday. Friday. NFL insider Albert Breer, who you hear on Thursdays here on The Fan in Afternoon Drive with Nick and Dustin, he was on Friday on NBC Sports Boston and was telling them the two reasons why Brown's management, underlying Brown's management, fired Alex Van Pelt, hit it.
3: The reason he was let go in cleveland was because ownership and paul d podesta not kevin stefanski ownership and paul d podesta were frustrated with the progress deshaun watson had made i don't think that they really truly the people who made that decision really truly knew his value to that staff other people on that staff not so much kevin but people below him were floored when they fired him for two reasons number one how do you fire the offensive coordinator after you just won 11 games (laughs) with four different quarterbacks, with your fourth and fifth tackles, without Nick Chubb. He was able to help build an offense that was able to sustain. So there's that, like that I think is one reason why people there were floored that he got fired. The other one I think is a, is the real key though. He was the glue of that staff. Kevin, if you know him, he's a great guy. He's not the most outgoing guy. His personality is very dry. He's got a good sense of humor, but he's not like this outwardly gregarious guy. Alex was the one that held that staff together. When guys were coming out, when guys were going in, he is a guy who was a unifying force in that building.
2: I mean, of all the things that we said, all the people we said were very important for the Cleveland Browns offense, for their coaching staff, of all the people in the staff that we thought were very important, I don't know how many for the fans Alex Van Pelt was up there on. Like, he, he's an offensive coordinator. He can't be the least important guy. But he was he an afterthought in the offense. He though. really was. He really was. And that's why I, I think we were surprised here. Kevin couldn't have been surprised because he was probably the one that had to break the news to him. In fact, I mean, you're the head coach. You had to be the one to break the news to him. So you might not have been that surprised. But we're saying, management, we automatically think DeBadesta, Barry, everybody there. Albert Breer says that, and I want to go back to what Albert Breer said on Thursday. I'm going to get to the Charles Robinson clip here that I keep telling you about. This is Albert Breer on afternoon drive on Thursday, and this is why it matters who made the decision on these changes within the Bronze coaching staff.
4: I think it does matter, you know, because it can set the table for things going forward. And once the front office crosses that line, you know, it's really hard to undo that. And yeah, I do think the front office had a lot of input in what happened here. And You know, look, like I think there's pressure on Kevin and, and the coaches to get more out of Deshaun Watson. I think the concern here would be the role that, that Alex played on that staff and how in a lot of ways, like, because you know, Kevin is not as outgoing that like Alex was kind of, the glue guy on that staff, the guy who held everything together. And, you know, obviously, I I think the reaction from a lot of the the guys on that staff to the way that certain guys were picked off after the year was kind of like, you know, what do we do wrong? You know, obviously, they were able to to win 11 games with their fourth and fifth tackles, with four different quarterbacks, with no Nick Chubb, you know, and so I think that there was – genuine surprise on the part of some people on the staff that so many coaches have lost their jobs. And, you know, and that one guy in particular who was such an important piece of holding everything together was one of the guys on the way out.
2: A lot of people are going after Breer. Breer's the messenger on this. That's all he is. He hears these things he tells you. Immediately people get upset, they start going after Albert Breer. No one wants to hear bad news about their favorite sports team. So they go after the messenger. It happens. The classic story happens all the time. And that's what makes that job difficult. Because immediately after you say something, there's going to be a denial. So it makes you out to be a a quote-unquote liar. And I don't think that Albert Breer is lying about anything he hears. But we don't want to hear these things, so we get upset. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is where I get nervous. Because I've brought this up before about the cooks in the kitchen. And what underlined it was something that happened. Oh, and you said this was on November 21st? Yeah, November 21st um, on the Inside Coverage podcast on Yahoo Sports. Because I remember this and things, I mean, they had just beaten the Ravens. They had just beaten the— Hiring for your small business? If
0: you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
5: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
2: dealer. So things were looking okay, but this picked up steam over the next two weeks when they had lost both games in that back-to-back on the road where they stayed out West, where they lost both to Denver and they lost to the Rams. And things started to pick up here because we were freaking out over the what? The backup quarterback position. And what had had happened. And Charles Robinson dropped this in here. And I keep referencing it for a very specific reason. Hit it.
6: A lot is going to be directed at general manager Andrew Barry. Personally, I think that Joshua Dobbs not being on the roster being dealt for a draft pick to the Arizona Cardinals in the preseason, had more to do with Chief strategist, uh, Paul D. Podesta, than it did Andrew Barry. And I am basing that opinion on, again, conversations I have had with people orbiting that trade, people who know Andrew Barry, who know Paul D. Podesta. And essentially what was posed to me is, why would a general manager who's in the building every single day, who's as close to Kevin Stefanski and that coaching staff, why would he deal away a backup quarterback who is superb insurance for starter Deshaun Watson, knowing that the coaching staff really, really, really like Joshua Dobbs? Why would Andrew Barry then just decide I'm going to roll the dice? I'm going to risk it all for a late round draft pick and, and move off of uh, Joshua Dobbs. Again, this is my opinion. But based on the conversations I had this morning, I do think that the lack of an experienced backup, who the staff had quite a bit of affection for, is now in Minnesota uh, starting in the place of, of Kirk Cousins and and doing it very well and possibly headed for an offseason where he is going to be a coveted uh, free agent if this continues with the Vikings.
2: So that's Charles Robinson on his Yahoo Sports podcast. We didn't play that for anybody. It came out on the 21st. We didn't have it for anybody until the 22nd. And then they went out and they lost in Denver, and then they went out and lost with the Rams. Remember, these statements are being said before Josh Dobbs fell to the third-team quarterback in, in Minneapolis, in Minnesota, and before Joe Flacco officially got here and quote-unquote helped save the season. Well, he did help save the season. He, did, he wasn't the only one. Before he got here is the key because it seems that Joe Flacco really pulled the thing out of the fire. Now, it's a team effort and the team all helped each other pull the thing out of the fire, but if the quarterback can't execute, you can only hide for so long. The quarterback was able to execute. Those words have stuck with me ever since then. Now you can't keep harping on them every single day, but I've brought them up here and there over the over the period of time. Over the period, even when there was they were going on the win streak, even over the period when they went to the playoffs, it would be in the back of my mind. It would be in the back of my mind, especially when Jason Lloyd joined us on Wednesday. Because he started to put it together. This is Lloyd O2, and now I'm calling it on the fly, on. Because Jason Lloyd started to put it together, and he said, you can't be surprised if something like this were to happen. I go, I'm not the insider. I'm not Breer. I'm not Charles Robinson. And I'm not Jason Lloyd. I'm a reactor. Lima's a reactor. We're not reporters. And so when Jason Lloyd says this, now I got three people telling me the same thing.
6: A lot of times I roll my eyes at the play calling and I think it's overblown. But in this instance, like there's a lot of questions about and that still haven't, really haven't answered about why AVP is out, why Ken is here, who's going to be calling the plays. There's just a lot of uncertainty with how this whole thing went down and whose call was it? and Why were these decisions made? And I don't think I know I don't have the clarity on it. I've got pretty good suspicions and pretty good theories, but I don't have any clarity or confirmation on how this whole thing went down. And I, I am a little bit troubled by, by how all this looks right now, for sure. Yes, yeah. this,
2: this is not sowing the seeds of discontent, but you have to be a bit concerned here with this decision-making. Now, Jason, and we have fun with this. Jason is a water carrier for Kevin Stefanski, but Jason saying that you could try to knock that down. Albert Breer, People saying, well, he could try to put a smiling face on anything in Boston because he's a Boston guy. They can go ahead and do that. Charles Robinson, I don't know what you could wage towards Charles Robinson to try to impugn his reputation, but fine, you can go ahead and make up what you want. These are distressing things that we hear that we get mad at the messenger for. But I got three different guys in the course of – Charles Robinson was a couple of months ago, okay? Three different guys in the course of the last few months that have started to point some things – in the direction where the coach isn't making these decisions. Even the general manager of the football team didn't make that decision is what these things are getting pointed to. That's a concerning thing because I think over time, it goes right with what you've done. Andrew Barry's taken some blame. He's gotten some credit. I think people, for the most part, trust Andrew Barry. Maybe I'm wrong on that depending on who's listening. But I do think the majority of fans, I don't know how big of it a majority it is, the majority of fans trust Andrew Barry. I think the majority of fans trust Kevin Stefanski. Do the majority of fans trust Paul DiBodesta? If he were the one who made the decision last year about Joe Woods, where I think a lot of us could go, guys, Daffy Duck could have made that decision on Joe Woods instead of Jim Schwartz. Like, you had to move on from Joe Woods. Okay, fine. If he were the one, though, who made that decision where Kevin maybe was holding on to him, maybe Kevin wasn't going to let him go. And Paul Dibodesta felt he had to step in. Okay, maybe that, if you believe that, maybe that's a trust situ- a situation with him where you would trust him. Because if you were the most ardent Browns fan and just didn't want to hear bad news, you'd say, they made these decisions, they were 11-6. and six. They're making these decisions, they're going to be even better next year. It confirms a couple of things. Or at least confirms one thing. That their level of trust, while we can say we trust or distrust the Browns, their level of trust in Deshaun Watson and what he can do, what they signed him to do, is shaken. To make these decisions after a big year would show that their trust in the standing of Deshaun Watson is shaken, and they need to, I don't know, save him, but they certainly need to help him out in a better image. Who
3: would you trust in order of trust between – Stefanski, D. Podesta, Andrew Barry. Who's the most trustworthy? Who's the least
6: trustworthy?
2: I'll tell you that next. 216-474-0092. I'll get to that. And do you trust? They're 11 and 6. They've made some tough decisions. Do you trust the bronze? Is this overblown? 216-474-0092. That answer will get to you guys. And Mitch, please, coming up at 940 on The Fan.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,